Ghostbed presents True Crime Tonight with Kendra Drama and Maximum John. True Crime Podcast presented by Factor Meals. Tuesday at night after dark, not when it's light outside. The sun hurts my body. Please help me sometime live podcast. Not as good, right? <laughs> so hilarious. I wanted to do it perfectly for you, but I couldn't remember. That was great. And, and also, I'm not old Loblolly now. I'm Maximum John. <laughs> All right, folks, it's true crime, true crime Tuesday. Welcome to Failure to Stop. We're going to talk about a real, actual case, a documented crime. Former former Sheriff's Deputy Kendra Drama is going to take you from beginning to middle to end in that order and no other. We're going to tell you the story about uh, the Amato family murders. It's a sad one, but it's an interesting case. Uh, we're going to have lots to say about it. I uh, can't wait to do the show. Go ahead and start the show, Kendra. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. This is Failure to Stop. This is your favorite podcast. This is the one you've been waiting all day for. All day and all night. The end of the day at the beginning of the night. It's Failure to Stop True Crime Tuesday. I'm John. I'm an active 911 dispatcher in the field. This is Kendra. Folks, Failure to Stop is the number one podcast and platform where we entertain and inform first responders. And we weird out and depress our friends. We're here to talk to you about true crime tonight. I'm here with my ex-wife, Kendra. We do the show because I'm court-ordered to do it. Kendra, it's been a week since I've seen you. How are you doing, old friend? Um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm uh, enjoying the somewhat decent weather in Florida, unlike you. <laughs> Every time I go outside, something else is broken. I'm not lying. Like my gar- my garage door froze open today, and like and I had to jump a vehicle, and. Uh, just nothing, nothing is working. And every time I have to go outside, something is worse. And like, for those of you who don't know, my furnace broke on Christmas and another vehicle was lost. And it's just like, if the, if it doesn't warm up soon, it won't matter how depressed I am. I will be gone just from like circumstances killing me. <laughs> well, it's supposed to get into like the twenties here on the next couple of days but um that's really cold for us i mean yeah I know tw- 20 below is enough where i you know i'll wear a jacket for that okay well i mean like 20 not below <laughs> oh. that's cold for us it hasn't been that cold in like several years and uh which is odd because when i was a kid it used to get really cold down here like we would see weeks at a time or 20s teens um, if you go to North Florida, it would sometimes dip into like almost single digits. It would get like 11 degrees, but that doesn't happen anymore. And um, I guess we can only blame global warming for that. Yes. Is that the reason? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you and I have actually never talked about quote unquote climate change before. So I have no idea where you stand on it. Um, Woefully um out of touch with that because um i yeah i don't really i have an opinion on it but it's not based in like a lot of 
fact because I, I don't really know that much about the uh, political side of things. No. Oh, so I probably probably a pretty liberal take then if you don't know anything. Um, folks, well, should I, not... <laughs> go well, ahead. Hold on. I'm going to defend myself here. Don't let people think that. <laughs> I did do that I to you a couple of weeks ago where I said only you could ruin your own show. And then I went into the ad read so quick you couldn't defend yourself. And then you like tell people that I'm killing people and like, I'm like a racist, crooked cop. <laughs> I know that was on a different show. Still, our viewer, it's still out there. <laughs> our viewership on hard time is about 35 people. So like only 35 people think that you're a ruthless, crooked, racist here, killer. Go there and clip it and like uh, claim that I'm this person that I'm not. But anyway. Uh, Guys, Kendra was the sweetest police officer. Like, she never shot anybody. If, if a situation called for a deadly use of force or, like, a brutal act of vengeance, pistol whipping was probably as far as she went. Uh, pulling someone around by their hair. Uh, when they screamed, she would spit in their throats. Like, no, she would never <laughs> shoot anybody. <laughs> you know? she, was, she was a kind policeman officer. Ew! <laughs> that is fucking vile, John. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> Why do you think people want to defund you? <laughs> Ew! Holy crap! That is so nasty. <laughs> if only you had had that response when you were at the academy, then maybe you would not have become. I was just doing what I was trained to do. I was just doing what I was trained to do. <laughs> it's always a bad like sign when they get a buccal swab off of a victim and they get a police officer's DNA. That's no. so that Folks, be... Kendra, Kendra was so nice. She just did nice traffic stops and did nice tickets. And there was one time where she saved a family in a gun battle without having to fire a single shot. So she's just a super nice police cop. Police I, just cop asked officer. Really, I just asked them really nicely to please stop. Because it's not cool. And they did. I wish we could like actually like find out what you were like as a police officer. But I'm like on the one hand, I'm like saying like you're like the savage, savage pirate type cop. And on the other hand, like you're like uh, the community policing. I only read books of the library cop. And you're neither of those things. Like you were like a tough ass cop that did things appropriately and within the law. And, you know, the, you were the kind of cop that other cops looked up to. And but, you know, you weren't. You know, all right. I don't know how to deal with you. I've never have. Me. And I do believe that the earth goes natural cycles and we are in a natural cycle. That's my opinion on climate change. <laughs> oh, there. shit. It's the I mean, same as mine. Fuck. Like three minutes. God damn it. Yes. We're... The climate changes. It's, you know, never been the same. You know, like all the all the all the polar ice caps melted before we en we invented the internal combustion engine. So, like, explain that to me. You know, we got to talk about Antarctica sometime. Go on. <laughs> we'll get to the true crime in a minute, folks. We got to talk about Antarctica for a second. Meanwhile, in Antarctica. <laughs> so there's a, a theory and, and it, it has been confirmed by somebody who's probably going to be dead soon if they're not already. I have a friend who's been to Antarctica and he was on the show just recently. So go on. Oh, that's I want to go to Antarctica so bad. It's like one of my big things that I want to do before I die. 
Me but too. I'm terrified of the ocean and you have to go through like Drake's Pass, which is apparently terrible. And I might let my fear override my desire to go to Antarctica. We'll see. I'm scared of Argentinians. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. <laughs> so Antarctica is like this. <laughs> so sorry. Antarctica apparently would, has. Would you just smoke already? I know you want to. <laughs> I don't know what is going on. But it's like a, there's facilities there that have over time built these um, laser weapons, right? And they say that they're like in the ice and they project into the air. And um, this it's a long involved conspiracy. I say that with air quotes because, you know, we don't know. But it goes back to like the Nazis and like way back before that but um people believe that that's what is controlling the weather and also projecting the illusion of alien invasions and um some people blame it on uh they blame the hawaii the fires in in hawaii on that and um it's just it's very interesting the more you dig into it but there was a firefighter that worked there that kind that did a press conference and kind of confirmed some of the things about the the nodes and the ice and like all the stuff. So very interesting. Of course, it could not just simply be that it was Aurora Borealis or in Hawaii, just a random black bear with a lighter. No, it has to be lasers in Antarctica. I don't know if you hear yourself. Uh, no, have you ever heard of Project Harp? There's like a government installation. I think it's maybe in Wyoming or Montana, but like uh, they shoot all these uh, high-frequency uh, electromagnetic waves into the atmosphere, and nobody knows why. They're all just like, "Oh, we're just doing stuff to the atmosphere." And they're like, "They're like, okay, are you controlling the weather?" And they're like, "No, we're not controlling any weather at all." I'm like, "Are you controlling it a little bit?" And they're like, "Not a lot, you know. We're not really, you know, not really controlling it. We're changing it, you know." <laughs> and, and so they're oh like. So like we're like great. So like we're playing God, you know, only God should control the weather or like a a superhero could do that and that would be okay. But not the government, you know? And uh so <laughs> look Google it sometime, go to Wikipedia Project Harp. I think it's with two A's like A A R P. Anyway, yeah. I don't know why we're talking about uh weather control. I like it. It's not folks, really on we, topic, but I like it. Folks, we were going to talk about the Amato family murders by uh, their son, Grant Amato. It's a truly heartbreaking and captivating story beyond comparison that we're flushing down the toilet because, like, Antarctica is, like, super cold, too, isn't it? Um, I mean, this time... And of white. Year, I think. Mm-hmm. It's blinding. Yeah, blindingly white. Have you ever heard of uh, Lawrence Oates? doesn't ring a bell okay so he was like a british explorer in antarctica and uh, they were on an expedition and uh, he somehow got hurt or sick or something and they were trying to make time to get the hell out of antarctica before it was too late you know how everything's an emergency down there yeah Yeah. (laughs) so they're trying to get the hell out of antarctica and uh he's like holding them up because he's like i think his i think i think he had like a rogue staple and i think his knee was broken and he had a bad hip or something (laughs) I think he might have had cancer. So he's holding up his whole team. And so the night of his 30th birthday, uh, they're all camping out and they're inside a tent. And he's just like, I'm going to go outside real quick 
and uh, I might not be back for a while. So they're, they're like, okay, okay, Captain Lawrence Oates. And he just fucking walked out into the nothingness so that his men would forget, a, would leave him behind and get out of there in time so that they didn't die. So it's like such a heroic death, altruistic suicide to just leave your men behind so they can get the hell out of there. And he's only like 30. And uh, I was just really admire Lawrence Oates. So like the Project Harp thing is like largely bullshit as is most of the things I talk about. But uh, Lawrence Oates was like this cool badass guy and they still have never found him to this day. So, uh, they probably won't. I no. would imagine the snow and everything, if they ever figured out where he went, that's a great story. I mean, thank it's you. Sad, but it's. Excellent. There's also like uh, I know this is like the North Pole, but like HMS Terror and stuff. Like, have you ever read the stories of like the ships that got ice locked and? Yeah. They 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 find like the coffins of these guys and they're like very well preserved because they've they were they've been frozen this entire time and yes. they're all like leathery and gross and <laughs> you can see where like people had nibbles and stuff you know there's like a have you ever like eaten like a sandwich and like the first bites like you know yeah. it'll just be a guy but like he's got like the little notches right here from where some guy like like i'll just try i'll take a bite oh. of terry and see if i like it you know <laughs> yes that's funny that's funny it is she's very she's <laughs> beyond horrified at that why don't we not talk about antarctica okay what do you want to talk about all right let's let's do the edmato thing so okay grant tiernan edmato was born may 20th 1989 and he's an american murderer who was convicted of a crime down in seminole county florida folks we're back to florida crimes and There's Kendra, what if if you had to say like the most important thing about this case, the thing that we have to know before we get started, what would that be? Well, I I think you're alluding. Folks, this to show's me. brought to you by Ghostbed. <laughs> you don't want to go over to ghostbed.com. Use the offer code Wolfpack. You can save up to forty percent off. Go over there. Uh, let them know that you support Failure to Stop. Check out their mattresses. Check out their adjustable frames. Check out everything that they've got over there, folks. Ghostbed is a company that makes all their mattresses right here in the United States of America. We love them because they support uh, sheriff's deputies, 911 dispatchers, tow truck drivers, everybody that keeps this country going every single day of the week. Go over there, use the offer code Wolfpack for up to 40% off. If you see a better deal there because it's uh, President's Day coming up or Valentine's Day, all good times to buy a mattress. If you can get 50% off, that's fine, but use either the word Wolfpack or failure to stop in the uh, comment section as you check out so that they know that you're listening to us. That way they uh, remunerate us certain fiduciary benefits and uh, we keep going as a podcast. I don't, I know that this is just seems like fun, free stuff for you, but like if Kendra and I do not get money for this, we will not fucking show up. So like we are putting you on notice, go buy a ghost bed right now. If you ever want to see us ever again, I've taken us both hostage, Kendra, uh, <laughs> that we will disappear if we do not get paid. So go over there. No, I'm just joking. Go over there. Check out ghost bed though. Uh, they're a wonderful company. It sleeps so good, it's scary. I promise you, Christopher Nolan style, deep inception, multi-layered dream sleeps where you're dreaming of being asleep. When you wake up in the morning, if you're done laying in bed all day and you want to just go eat your feelings, go on over to, to Factor Meals. You can use offer code Wolfpack50 to save up to 50% off. Folks, they've got great meals over there, including breakfast. These will be brought right to your door. So convenient, so delicious, so tasty. Over 300 options. You can plan your meals if you're on a diet. They can be brought right to your door delicious meals asparagus you can have a, a brownie probably breakfast whatever it is you want it can be brought right to your house you don't have to waste a lot of time effort and energy 
chasing groceries all over the place and depressing yourself by having to confront the decay of Western society as they stop you from uh, picking up a uh, quartered, unsalted sticks of butter because they have to sit there and think about which kind of goddamn butter they want for 10 minutes. Just go to Factor Meals and you can get whatever whatever you want. It'll be delivered right to your house. We thank you, Factor, for partnering with us, keeping us afloat. Lots of people in the Wolfpack are using Factor Meals, specifically Carly, specifically Dana, and specifically me. So thank you to Factor Meals. We appreciate you. Let's go back to true crime tonight. <laughs> Kendra, what else do we need to know? Um, Folks, a former sponsor of this show was Manscaped. If you wanted to use Manscaped, you could use the offer code Wolfpack50. There's a chance it could save you 20%. I don't know. They kind of come and go. Give it a shot. Manscaped. I got to go. I got to go home. Sorry, guys. I have pissed off Kendra. I have ruined our two time for <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious. Are we done? For real? Can I get into it now? Okay. <laughs> I guess we should start. Okay, I'm just testing you. Okay. We should probably start by um, <laughs> when you asked me earlier about what the most important thing is or a important thing to uh, discuss. I was assuming that you were talking about the name and how to pronounce the name of the town. Um, <clears throat> it's a town called Chiliota which is a Native American word for Isle of Pines, and it is located in Seminole County. Um, it's very close to where I live, even closer to where I used to live, and these things keep happening or happened around me <laughs> prior to me being there. That doesn't make any sense. You get what I'm saying. Coincidence? <laughs> hmm. So as you stated, Grant Amato is our, our bad guy in this. Um, and he was one of three kids. Sorry, I'm trying to get my camera to focus. Um, he's one of three sons uh, to a Chad and Margaret Amato. Um, him and his brother Cody lived at home uh, with their parents. And the half-brother Jason was older. And I guess he wasn't really around as much. But Grant and Cody were essentially like... Tw twins they did everything um they did everything the same they went to the same college they went through the same program to become um anesthesiologists and they both did like weightlifting and i know sorry if you're watching i apologize i'm trying to get my camera to focus <laughs> i don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> i think you're muted john i will distract them with weird behavior while you just go on with the story just go oh my god beautiful family a beautiful family seemingly perfect the, their parents were um well to do the dad was a pharmacist and their mother was a um senior operations manager somewhere they make a lot of money so cody and grant are going through this anesthesiology program um cody graduates grant drops out but he's still a nurse so he is um, able to go to work at a hospital, and I believe they worked at the same hospital. I could be wrong. Did they? Okay. Oh, you're correct. Um, his employment, Grant's employment at this hospital didn't last very long before 
the hospital started noticing that certain medications were being used up a lot more than they should have been in the uh, patient rooms that were under Grant's supervision. So they're doing a little bit of an investigation about it. They, they talk to him and, and he admits to essentially overdosing or um, over-medicating, I should say, uh, the, his patients with this, um, this, I forget what the medication was, but it used- was, I believe it was a painkiller of some kind. It was something scheduled, something that's going to be tracked, something where you really can't make the meds disappear because the control for the medicine, they're going to know who signed off on it, what the amount on the med card's supposed to be. It's just going to be really obvious who accessed the cart last and when it disappeared. If you've ever been to the hospital, folks, every single time a nurse approaches a med card or something that dispenses that, they've got the radio frequency ID card. They've got the bit locker. They have to use a password. They have to put a drop of their blood in there to get the drawer to open. The control, <laughs> the controls on medicine is like actually fairly good. You cannot. You have to be an idiot to think that you're going to break into a cart and take medicine out of there, and you're not going to get caught. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Grant is such a man. <laughs> yeah, luckily because he was giving them um, doses. He his excuse was. That he felt like they weren't um, as comfortable or relaxed as they should be. Which, I guess, but... Yeah, but doctors decide the dosages and nurses just administer it. It's not up to them. I mean, that they tell you that on like the third day. Exactly. Also, I haven't done, gone to three days of nursing school, and I know that. <laughs> Fucking I took idiot, a medical, I took a couple of medical classes for my degree. And they talk about that a lot where it's like um, dosaging and the procedure and what nurses are and aren't allowed to do. And it is very, like you said, it's very monitored because they have a problem with people stealing or overdosing or whatever. And they need to be able to track who's doing it so they can get rid of that person. And um, inevitably they got rid of Grant. He was, he was... Suspended and then charged with grand larceny for the medications, but the charges were dropped and he was ultimately fired from that job. So because of the reasons why he was fired, um, it was very difficult or nearly impossible for him to get another job because that's pretty serious. At least you're not going to get another nursing job, that's for sure. No, you're going to be blackballed. Right, as you should. So... And wouldn't they? But wouldn't they also charge him? I mean, like a possession of a of a scheduled drug without a prescription. I mean, you tell me, Kendra. You're the one who's uh, slapping people around for doing shit. Like, isn't well, that something you would charge him with? I don't think he took it off the premises. Like, I don't think he stole the actual. He was just over giving it to patients. Is that really? I mean, it's easy for him to say once he's caught, like, oh, I was giving it to the patients, you know, and it's, and it was, but we know that that, I mean, I don't really just, I just don't really believe that's what he was doing with it, particularly what I know now about his personality and his addictive uh, traits. You know, I'm not outright accusing him of being addicted to painkillers, but it's just like, he demonstrates this exact kind of behavior throughout the rest of the story where he's confronted with something wrong that he's doing and he's somehow contrite and he's kind of got a story and he's, he, he doesn't deny things outright. He's kind of upfront about it. And then people just sort of forgive him and he doesn't seem to have to ever really face any real consequences for it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I mean, but I mean, so it's almost like he'll fall on a sword and get people to feel bad for him. But do you really believe that like he really wasn't using the drugs for himself? I mean, I guess later he spends money on things that aren't drugs. So it kind of suggests he wasn't addicted to drugs, but I mean, get, I, I, what, what's your take of what happened to the meds? I didn't see anything when I was looking up this case. I didn't see anything that said that he was a, a user of any kind. So I think knowing the kind of well, thinking I know, the kind of person he is based off what we were researching, um, it's very possible that he could be, could have been using them. But I I don't. I don't really know because I saw nothing else that would indicate that he was a user. Um, because like you said, he was spending money on other things, um, a lot of money on other things. And he, if he was a user, I'm sure he would have taken that money to buy drugs. Now, Kendra, hold that thought. Let me ask you this. Would they actually just drop the charges because of lack of evidence or because do you think his employer just didn't want him to, they didn't, you know, I don't know if hospitals... They don't want like the the press coverage that one of their nurses was giving too much drugs to people or, uh, you know, you know, it's not a good look for a hospital whenever something like this happens. Do you think it was just in their best interest to kind of make it go away or do you think they cut him a break or, you know, why did why did his charges for the the propofol? It was I think was the drug that he took. What why would they just drop that? Do you have any idea? Uh, probably because um, unless there's more information on it, I don't know, but I, I think it's probably because. He likely didn't take any of it off the property. And if okay. he wasn't using it um, and he was just being negligent in his duties as a nurse, that's not really larceny. The, the intent isn't there. There's no intent to steal the actual drug. So you'd be pretty hard pressed um, unless you had evidence of him like taking it off property or using it for his own uh, recreational whatever, or even like selling it to somebody in the hospital but if he was just overdosing his patients i say overdosing not like killing but um over medicating is a better term then it's not really it's, it's might not even be criminal unless the intent was to harm the patient right so i, I think that's why it got dropped because there was no intent i suppose that make i suppose that makes sense after he gets fired he had his brother uh who i threw a picture up of earlier his brother Cody, they had this, this pl trip already planned out to go to Japan. And uh, even though Grant was fired, uh, they decided to still go to Japan, which, you know, that's a pretty nice family that even after you, your brother, your brother graduates the program that you both set out on. You, you fail to become an anesthesiologist or whatever they were doing, nurse, nurse anesthetist. And then, you know, the whole, the whole shame and ignominy of this. They're still pretty nice to him. They're still going to send him to Japan. But he comes back and doesn't fucking do anything. And, you know, Kendra, you're 30 years old now. He was 30 years old at this time. Can you explain, like, the whole failure to launch thing to me? Like, why would adult parents who are doing fairly well for themselves, I get that their their sons are going to school and it's expensive and maybe they're saving money on housing, but it's like their sons are both full-ass adults at this point. Why are they living at home? Is that weird for you? Like, is that a generational thing? Am I old fashioned or? I, this happened in 2019. Um, so I know that, I mean, I understand that it's difficult. Like 
economically for a lot of people to leave home. Um, it's much worse. I, well, I don't remember. I don't remember 2019. It, it's a blur. I don't. That's because 2020 completely destroyed your memories of what your normal life was like. So I don't. I think it was probably a little better in 2019. If I had to take a guess, I'm sure it was. So it could just be that they, <clears throat> their family dynamic is such that they felt comfortable enough to just kind of not slum it because they were working. Well, Grant wasn't, but, you know, be at home. It could also be a cultural thing. Like some people, um, I don't know what their background was, but there are some cultures where you don't leave your, ho your home until you're married, even if you are 30 years old. So I really don't know what that what that's about. Um, I know for me, when I first started working uh, as, a, as a deputy, I was like 19, 20. Um, and before that, I was in college and I worked at a restaurant, a barbecue restaurant, Strant. And um, I was living at home with my mom because it was just better for me to save money. But that didn't last long. Like, I, So I'm not really sure. It, it could be I don't know. I left home at 18 and it always weirds me out when... Uh... And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not someone who like can judge like family dynamics because I'm not close with my family, but it always just weirds me out when like people turn 18 and like, they don't have a desire to leave home. Cause like I was itching to get out of my family as soon as I could to leave, to leave the house anyway, to leave the home and do my own thing. Uh, it was tough to do. It was tough to do because like when you're 18, you don't have any money. You don't have any credit. No one wants to, you can't even rent a car, let alone try to get an apartment. Like, you know, I understand that, but just there's some people that just don't even want that and don't understand that. But so he can't get a job because uh, he's, you know, has the, this black mark against him. So they they fired him and, uh, you know, the charges were dropped. But, you know, that even though they're not supposed to talk about this sort of thing, you know, every hospital in town knows that this guy is somebody that's oh, yeah. going to misappropriate things. And he, he probably had all kinds of other problems other than this that were good reasons to fire him. So. Yeah. His dad's telling him, look, son, you need to get a job. You're a loser. And uh, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go be a, a streamer on Twitch. I'm going to play video games for money. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think in another era where they would have just laughed him out of the house and maybe they, they thought that that was stupid. But it's like he went to school to become a nurse. He probably racked up all this debt to do that. And now it's like, well, now, you know, you're going into business for yourself as a, as a Twitch person. And like, so I'm a podcaster, but I don't, this is not my full-time job. I don't, I don't have any illusions that like I should give up my steady government work and just like really lean into this and I'm going to make a whole lot of money. Like, don't get me wrong. I hope someday that, uh, that we really take off, that we put Joe Rogan out of business and, you know, <laughs> that I have, that I have many mansions, you know, I hope for those things, but I don't think that it's just going to happen and live with my family in the meantime. But, uh, so they... They, he asked them for all this money because obviously you needed you need his equipment set up like right like I've got all this stuff here that I assume you would need to play video games on Twitch with which which by the way I don't understand watching people play video games and somehow monetizing that I would never pay money to watch someone else play a video game it's just me. I don't understand it but I also don't play video games so I'm not and there must be a there must be an allure because there are a lot of successful people on Twitch that that do that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I mean, more power to them. They're obviously, they're finding a way to monetize the things that they love to do in life. Like yeah. we're all, we should all be so lucky. Anyway, they gave him some seed money 
to set up this whole Twitch thing. I guess they loved him and believed in him enough that he was going to somehow become a big Twitch guy, which I don't even, again, I don't even know how you become that, but good for him. So, you know, Kendra, you're about his same age. If your family gave you a whole bunch of money to start up a new and innovative business that was on the cutting edge, you know, I think you would do what anybody in his position would do. And you would spend that money on pornography instead. I was just going to say, I would probably spend money on porn. Yeah. Why better your life when you can just suck, suck money and life out of your, as a 30 year old living in your, with your parents and have no dignity and have no shame and just uh, spend money on that and uh, go on to uh, websites where you can meet these, uh, cam girls or whatever they are which country yeah. was she from her name was uh Sil- silviana vetevlajska it's okay yeah. i want to try i want to try i have it written down okay uh silvia vent ventislavova slavova oh Slavova's. oh that is that, that is was, crude I that, that was very that was uh that was filthy silvia ventislavska <laughs> Anyway, so what is so what is she doing? So she's actually a successful Twitcher, and how does she do that? Well, for one thing, she's got lots of uh, hair, which Grant doesn't have, uh, so that's like one advantage for her. So what does Sylvie do? Sylvie goes online, and she's essentially the same thing as like a stripper. Like I don't know if she got fully nude or whatever. I can only assume she did for the amount of money she's being paid. But what Grant will do is uh, she he finds her on the internet, and uh, she's this someone who just poses and asks for money and. I guess this, the way the system works is that you have to buy tokens, right? And I'm sure they're tokens because she's doing this to people in different economies all over the world. And so he would do this like four hours a night. He would spend money to yes. have her virtual company. He'd be spending $600 a night, which is like way more than I make in a day. He's just blowing his parents' money to just have this girl in bulgaria like flirt with him you know like like i said it's the same thing as going to a strip club but like he starts to become infatuated with her he starts to become delusional he thinks that they actually have some kind of actual relationship he doesn't see himself as one of her thousands of clients he sees himself as someone who actually connects with her which i'm sure is part of part of the appeal of doing it number one like uh you know people like listening to podcasts because like we're you know we we engage with our audience so it's like she's doing the same thing except it's much more like salacious exploitative and sexual you know like it's it's much more like uncuffed it's not like true crime tuesday yeah our audience doesn't want to see you do that john no they don't in fact i have received many messages that have told me to put on more clothes and uh (laughs) And and you want to know why I behave so prim and proper? It's because the cease and desist orders that keep coming from the court. Uh, you know, like people people want me to people want me to stop being so salacious on the on the internet. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Anyway, so this dumbass Grant is like he he he's buying into it fully, thinking that this is his girlfriend in Bulgaria. Yeah. So, case in point, he's uh, not only spending this money on her just filling up her bank account for her to just like do this at him you know like well like what i'm doing right now i wish someone would send me six hundred dollars a night for me to just like oh you know do this or whatever you think that's all she's doing Uh, i am naive enough to want to believe that i don't know (laughs) moving on to the next thing that will destroy that premise he is sending her lingerie and sex toys and uh, various other things. So perhaps she is modeling these things, which so, is, you know, 
so horrifying. Grant, Grant is, I just want to paint the picture, like for like, <clears throat> zoom out for a second. And um, <laughs> this is a, a, a man who's living at home with his parents who can't get a job and <clears throat> has continually caused issues, which his um, older brother, Jason, that I mentioned earlier, and Cody's girlfriend will say later in interviews that he would cause huge upsets in the family dynamic because he was just doing nothing. And essentially, um, he was stealing from his family because they were under the impression. I was about to impression. get to that. I was about to get to the stealing. I'm sorry. Grant started stealing. <laughs> Go on, John. Well, he did. So, like, he's he's obviously got to pay here $600 a night, which he can't afford because he ain't got a fucking job. So he took credit cards from his family. Luckily, he lives with his parents and his brother. They're all in the same house. So while they're sleeping, he goes around and takes their credit cards. And within a few months, he racks up like twenty two hundred thousand dollars on this yes. cam girl which you know i am sorry but like now that i'm realizing that she got like two hundred thousand dollars in a couple months i am a chump for talking about like police issues and true crime folks the show's changing we're moving away from antarctica <laughs> true crime Sub somebody super chat me right now and i will take this off and dance about to you, take your shirt off <laughs> i would never do that i mean the FCC doesn't get involved in the internet, but even they make exceptions. The federal government does have its overreach moments. And this is not one where people are going to feel sorry for me for like, you know, if I get swatted and like a NSA, my personal FBI agent who monitors my stuff breaks in, he's just like, whoa, dude, like you do not want to do this. Uh, <laughs> you, you, are, you are January 6ing their eyeballs. Put that away, you know, like. The... <laughs> So so oh, he takes he takes two hundred thousand dollars of money, which you know what they're going to notice. You don't just disappear that amount of money. And property too. He property. Was yeah. You have yeah, because how else do you get that amount of, amount of cash to keep going? It's not all going to be lines of credit. It's everything. It's every tangible, you know, asset that they have maxed out. So they sent him to rehabilitation, which you know what that means. They're spending Her even poor. more money on his ass there's so embarrassing so instead of like you know what they could do at this point though right uh they could like file charges against him for fraud and then they would not be on the hook for this like if they if they filed fraudulent charges saying hey like hey i can test all of these things and you know you, you dispute the stuff that's damaging your credit report and you know, if, if he's mortgaging their house and all this, they could just go to the bank and say, like, our dumbass son did this, like, uh, you know, control Z this, please. Could you undo this and send our son to jail? They would be off the hook. And they won't do this because they love their son. And and this is kind of takes us to what will be our stupidest podcast, other, other podcast stupidest takes. But it's like they won't have him held accountable by anyone else. They think that like they're going to lay down the law with this guy and somehow be effective. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a parent and I don't like to give parenting advice. If your 30 year old son lives at home and he has just spent $200,000 on essentially pornography, you have a problem that's bigger than what you can fix because it's not, it's not like he's 14 or 15 or 16 and he's just gone through a really terrible phase. He's 30. He's full blown failure to launch. He's committing felony level identity theft and fraud 
crimes, uh, deception, interstate wire fraud or international wire fraud. I guess I mean I guess you couldn't really call it that, but serious fucking shit. And he's he's putting putting Sylvie's kids through college. You know that she hasn't even birthed yet, and uh, they just think that they're just gonna sit him down and uh, send him to rehab. And it's gonna help. That's fifteen thousand more dollars. So I'm actually very jaded about rehab too. What does rehab do? Uh, they take all the money that you have or the insurance that you have, which he probably didn't have insurance because he wasn't fucking employed. And Obama won't even take you back if you're 30, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so he washes out of rehab, right? Because rehab's going to be like, you're not allowed to use the internet. Cause that's kind of what your thing is. And you, you know, uh, there's probably a guy that followed him around and shot his crotch with a fire extinguisher to keep him from getting terribly horny. And unfortunately for him, you know, he's got a full blown, I'm going to call it a chemical dependency problem. The chemical that he's dependent on is actually manufactured by his own brain. Mm-hmm. So it's not an illicit substance that he has to procure, uh, you know, on the streets or something, but there's something, there's something that he gets emotionally and chemically from his brain through his interactions with this cam girl that like, he's just utterly dependent on to the point where, I mean, you see this with drug addicts, right? Kendra, like you've had a lot of interactions with people like these, but it's like, they sacrifice their whole families and they're willing to commit terrible crimes in order to get the money to buy their meth, to buy their whatever it is they're dependent on. He's behaving the exact same way. He's totally addicted to this woman's attention. He's addicted to the feelings of infatuation. He's addicted to the fantasy, the delusion. Some of that's probably based on low self-esteem, the fact that he is a total fucking loser, but like this is way beyond that, right? And so they the the rehab program uses up the money, kicks him loose. He goes home after two weeks. And so they, so what else do you do? Like what I would do is I would like tell the cops to take him away so that like, I was no longer responsible for this. And he's going to, ironically, prison's going to be the best thing for him. Cause he can't talk to Sylvie, the cam girl while he's incarcerated for 10 yeah. years for what he's done. The best way to help him after you tried rehab and failed is for him to go to prison and they won't do it. Yeah, I and, don't think I, I get the impression that they just have a very and this is not a slight at his parents at all. I will slight them later. I mean, yeah, they definitely um we've talked about this before. Like victims will victims do put themselves in scenarios and make bad decisions that get that make them victims, right? Sometimes I'm not saying they deserve it at all. I'm just saying that they're No, you don't deserve to die. No. Sorry, spoiler alerts. They yeah, they don't deserve to die because of their bad choices. I'm just saying that it puts them in scenarios that could have been avoided if they made better choices. And in this case, I think like, uh, yeah, actually holding your son, adult son, accountable. Like you said, it's not like he's some young kid that's just like needs guidance and they're trying to be good parents. This person has lived life. And at 30 years old, I cannot imagine if I was doing these things to my family there's no way I wouldn't be in prison because I'm an adult that made decisions. I don't know. So if, if I had a kid, I would be framing them for shit all the time. Cause kids get away with stuff. Like kids do stuff and like, they never get caught. Right. So like I would make up shit or like find crimes and I would implicate my son. So he would get, <laughs> he would get the punishment that he deserves. I would not be letting him off scot-free for the shit he actually did. So well, case not- in- go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you anymore. No, you're <laughs> That's a lie. The stuff that that he's <laughs> the stuff that he's doing too. Um, it's like he's definitely um, 
acting like an addict and he's negatively impacting the family as a whole um, and their well-being financially and probably mentally. And um, Cody told his girlfriend at one point that he was afraid of Grant and that Grant was he was afraid that Grant was going to hurt everybody. Yeah. So this isn't just him like sitting in his room like, oh, I have a girlfriend on the Internet. Like he's a menace. And he's he is problems for his family and he's and he's and, he, and he's very manipulative right so after they have this like they have several interventions with him one one of which took place at a california pizza kitchen which also just shows you how much they love him that they're going to take him to an excellent restaurant like when my parents had my intervention with me it was like at a, like a, some kind of fucking buffet old country buffet or something it was awful bob um, evans <laughs> <laughs> we're going down to the bob evans to intervene on your terrible behavior john um like why does the punishment have to start now could i could i could start after that um i didn't know how bad bob evans was until recently i thought bob evans was potentially good but it's not anyway so they told him like look dude you cannot do this anymore you cannot be on the internet after a certain hour which they should have just cut him off entirely because it's like you don't you don't tell someone who can't drink that like you can only drink on the weekends right like that's not going to work um they told him he can't have contact with sylvie anymore this is the problem though he thinks that they're in love he thinks it's an actual relationship and kendra when you were 14 when you were 16 or 18 or whatever you don't have to actually answer this question i'm just using use a disturbing model of truth but it's like if your parents had told you not to ever talk to that boy ever again would you have fucking listened to them no you're just gonna fucking sneak around more and get away with it more and like climb out of your bedroom at night and like Go to the kissing bridge or whatever young girls do. I don't know. I don't even want to know. But the, he just starts fucking sneaking around more and and being more manipulative. So they even set out this rule for him. And uh, Grant at one point still convinces his mom to let him use the phone to make contact with the webcam model, which I, you know, obviously like she's got some kind of you know work number or something that he does, and he's got to pay three dollars a minute or something to call her. And well, we might have after- identified the problem. Yeah, and and so it keeps going. They're having to get extra jobs. They're taking up mortgages on their home. Everybody's like, well, I don't even get to retire now because I don't want the shame to catch up to the family. And I don't want anything bad to happen to Grant because I love my boy so very much. He's fucking destroying their lives like forever. And finally, like when they found out that he was calling the webcam model again, dad says, you know what I think? I think that it's time. I think that you're 30 and I think today's the day that you need to, you need to go. You're finally old enough at age 30 to strike it on your own and (laughs) test the winds for yourself and find fortune for yourself and stop fucking stealing from me for this fucking (laughs) Bulgarian webcam model. Honestly, Chad's a good dad because he loved the son so much, but fuck Chad, if you had kicked him out of the house when he was 18 or when he was done with college, like, you might have been able to avoid some of this stuff or if he if he had if he had to rely on himself if he couldn't if he had to face the consequences of misappropriating right. the drugs of fucking up at work of of failing out of the program of not being a nurse anymore if he had to go out there uh to bob evans and get a goddamn job maybe he wouldn't have had time to be up until four in the morning talking to a bulgarian webcam girl because he'd get evicted and he wouldn't have internet anymore and they're and, and like he's not even paying for his own cell phone. So he's like so infantilized that he can actually do these things without consequence. Like you or me, Kendra, like we're independent people. We don't have time to just be awake for four hours at night spending six hundred dollars a night. Like 
that would destroy our lives. But because he could live at home and have them continue to feed him and pay for his cell phone, he could do whatever he wants. So I don't want to blame the victims that he, you know, that end up getting killed, but like they totally infantilized him. They totally enabled him. And if they had ever once actually made him responsible for the stupid shit that he did, they might have just saved him. I agree with you. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. The show's now over. <laughs> no, uh, rant's over. You keep going, Kendra. So this, um, as you said, he went to a rehab. They sent him to rehab in December of 2018. He returned back to the house on January 5th of the following year. So January 5th, 2019. He was home for, for like 20 days. And this argument that you're that you're talking about where Chad finally had enough and said, it's time for you to go. Um, that occurred on the night of January 24th. So he was yeah home for like basically just, just 20 days. Um, the following day, January 25th, um, Cody doesn't show up for work. And this is extremely unusual for him. He was scheduled to go in work at a, in a surgery um, and he just didn't show up. Um, coworkers call in a well-being check. First, they check with um, Jason, the older brother, because he's the emergency contact, and Jason can't get a hold of him and calls the employer back and basically is like, this is the situation. So um, the hospital contacts law enforcement, and at 9.17 in the morning, deputies go to the home, um, they see vehicles in the driveway. They confirm that the vehicles belong to Chad, Margaret, and uh, Cody. They call all of the phones that they have on record for the um, for these people. They cannot get in touch with anybody. All of this kind of like builds and builds into a um, you know cause for concern. So deputies decide that they're going to make entry to check on the family. Um. When they, when they make entry, they go into the kitchen and they discover the body of Chad, who's lying on his back, shot to death in the, on the kitchen floor. They make their way through the home and they locate Cody, who was lying in a fetal position, shot to death in the storage room. And finally, they locate Margaret, who also had been shot to death and she was slumped over um, on her desk. She was at her computer doing something and she was shot. Um, they do their search. They do a little bit more investigating and they realize that there's one other person that lives in this residence. And they know this because they've had interactions with this person before, that person being Grant. Um, Grant has a vehicle that's registered to him and it's not there. So naturally they're trying to locate and contact Grant. And it's unsuccessful. So they put out a bolo, be on the lookout for the vehicle and for him. They conduct a, a check, a tag check. Um, and this basically, uh, it produces um, toll records from that day. And he was traveling on uh, State Road 408, which is not very far from Chiliota. It goes in and out of Orlando. It runs east and west into Orlando. And he was traveling, he was seen three times between the hours of 1051 and 141 on the 25th. So while they're there, he's driving back and forth on this road. 
they go to this they go to the area they try to find him they can't so now he's um a person of interest obviously well then yeah they know there's there's contention and within the family i think that girlfriend you mentioned i think it was cody's girlfriend obviously she's kind of in on the loop she'd been communicating with uh chad about everything that was going on and how things were kind of coming to a head so she knew that things were getting bad and as you said chad said something that she he was getting afraid of grant because the way that he was acting um the girlfriend go ahead you were gonna say something i was gonna describe how the murders went down because the way that he did it was pretty fucking terrible okay so he comes over to his parents house where he lives and uh, his mom, like you said, his mom was shot in the back of the head while she was in the computer. So she was obviously first to go because um, otherwise she wouldn't have been looking at the computer. So she's just browsing away. She's probably on Wayfair or something or Amazon. And he just comes in and he comes in with his friend's uh, Jericho 941 pistol that, uh, yeah, like I said, belonged to his friend. So he lifted a gun off of his friend, which clearly implicates him in the murder because the gun belongs to him. You know, it, it at least muddies the water and involves his friend when. He shouldn't be doing that. Just shoots his mom in the back of the head, right? Doesn't give a fuck about her or everything that she's had to suffer or put up with or saying, you know, how she has to continue to work and not retire to take care of Grant and and not expose him to the criminal shame of basically masturbating away their their retirement. And uh, she, he walks in there and blasts her in the back of the head, execution style. So then he waited for Pops to show up. His dad comes in. Dad walks in the kitchen. Grant shoots him twice, just just kills his dad. He's already shot his mom, feels nothing. No regret, no remorse, no saying, hey, let me stop this. Shoots his dad twice in the head. That's awful. But it's not enough, right? Like, there's still more people that live here. So he takes his dad's cell phone and uh, texts Cody, who's had just finished working his shift as a nurse, tells him he needs to come over right away or whatever, using his dad's phone. So, like, very premeditated. He's lured him into a trap. Cody comes in, comes out of the garage, just sets foot inside the house. Uh, and then uh, right when he comes in the door, Grant just fucking shot him, left him laying there. Uh, and then and then so what he does before he goes, he grabs all of their credit cards, all their financial information. I don't know why he, he's so fucking dumb, but this just shows you like he's clearly a mind of an addict, right? He's been cut off from like the thing that feeds his addiction. And that's why he's acting out. He goes and gets all their cards. And uh, he immediately he immediately takes that. He, he tries to stage it as a murder suicide. He places a, a gun next to his brother's body. So he tries to blame his loving brother for shooting his parents. He uh, puts his uh, father's gun on his belt, but he puts it backwards. Right. So like the guy's right handed and he has it. He has it backwards on his belt. So it would be like cross draw for a left person, left handed person. He put it on the right side of his body, but he put it on backwards so that the grip was was facing the front of his body. Right. So like (laughs) he's such a fucking idiot. Like, obviously, the guy's not going to like break his wrist, bending his arm down from underneath to draw a gun. So it's so fucking dumb. He, and then and then I think he left a, uh, a, a brass casing to like a different gun. So like, I don't know if it ha- still had a round in it or like if it was just an empty shell or what, whatever. But he just randomly like, oh, here's a piece of ballistic evidence. They'll see this and they'll just say like, yeah, clearly a murder suicide. Let's not run ballistics. Let's not see if there's a gunshot residue. Let's not fucking figure out that like pops couldn't even draw the gun from the position he was in. Uh, let's uh 
let's not even like consider the fact that like there's clearly going to be either bullets inside the body and trajectories from that or if they went all the way through they're going to be in the walls and how none of those things match up and just like you know there's not going to be any details in any of their personal effects their correspondence that any of these three people had any reason to attack and kill each other and by the way grant's fine uh especially when grant lives there like if anything he should clearly be in the body count and then uh so he takes he takes their financial stuff and immediately starts getting in touch with sylvia again like he does not care that he just wasted his parents and his brother because he he needs to he needs to get off talking to this woman so much like you know what i don't have a good relationship with my family but it's just like you're gonna tell me that this woman is worth it this is literally the woman like whatever she's cute she's got that glasses thing whatever she's not worth killing somebody over and this woman does not love you you are just a a open cash till to her you are nothing and it's fucking pathetic i was watching a documentary about this and there was a video of him talking to her he's like i kind of feel guilty every time i buy one of your videos and would you send one to me for free i just feel so guilty i just feel shamed or whatever and it's just like well dude she's not your girlfriend she's a fucking stripper like you want to lap dance for free no you got to pay for that because she doesn't love you dude and he just killed his whole family over it right the family that refused to hold him accountable at any point anyway i'm just mad because it's like it's so it's so stupid to think that it's not obviously going to be him and that he could like try to frame all of them for each other's murder and it's all for this dumb woman and and the thing that i the thing that kills me about stuff like this and him in particular, because this is the case, but how did he not think that someone wouldn't try to reach out and interview him about this or ask him any questions or like they, like you said, they would just walk in and be like, Oh, murder, suicide. That's it. And then yeah. he gets away with it. How stupid are you? Like a basic, well, the- basic knowledge of criminal event, like very, very basic would tell you that that's just not how it's going to happen. But he doesn't like you said he he definitely has the mind of an addict he was just focusing on his next high he'd gone for like i don't i don't know how long it was in between um i don't know how many times he used or contacted sylvia with his mother's cell phone from the time he got back from rehab until the time of the murders but it's like he was just wants it's that frantic, I just need my next high. I just need this. I need it. I need it. I don't care what I do or destroy in the meantime, including my own family's lives. So it's, and he, he's just this like spoiled little, like a little weasel of a man who has, you know, I, I would honestly. I would respect him more if he was just addicted to crack because it's like they say heroin, crack, all the hard drugs. They're like so hard to give up. But this little wiener just thinks that some woman in Bulgaria loves him. It's just so fucking pathetic for a 30 year old man to believe this. You could and he could just go out and find a a woman like in real life, like in real time in front of him that would appreciate him for who he is. Or he could just go to a local stripper who would probably be impressed if he dropped a hundred dollars on it. I mean, at least that's savings you can't ignore. You know, like fuck. Why does it have to be a (laughs) Bulgarian cam girl? Possibly because he knows that if he appears in person, he's such as a little weasel. Yeah. Uh, Here, here's a picture of Grant, by the way. You know, like just here's a better picture of him, by the way. Uh, But he's just. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's just such a nothing loser guy that like obviously like i hate to like pour on like the self-image issues but like no woman could love him and when he was pretending when he was striking up this relationship with sylvia he was saying he was using more of this misappropriated funds to say that he's like this really you know high-powered guy that he's he has tons of money so he's trying to fool her too right like he can't he can't deal with the fact that he's this 30 year old loser who failed out of his nursing career can't get hired anywhere He's probably probably feels like a failure compared to his brother. That's probably why he felt nothing blowing her away, blowing him away. But he's trying to impress Sylvie too, which Sylvie doesn't care as long as the money comes in. But so they what know he's supposed to be there. They know that it's his legal residence. They know he has a car registered to him. This is all stuff dispatchers can find out in like 60 seconds or less. So they issue a bolo for him, be on the lookout. He's either missing, abducted, killed someplace else, or he's our man, you know. Right, so they right. find him at a hotel in Orange County. So it's like he didn't even flee. Dumbass didn't even go anywhere. So it's like yeah, my first did. question to you would be as a cop, and I'm not a cop, Kendra, but it's like, so why are you staying at a hotel and not at home where your dead family is? Just curious. You are you asking reason? me why? No, not you, Kendra. I'm asking Grant. It's just very, very obvious that like he, his, his behavior is, is terrible. So they take him in for questioning. And he doesn't he even was, ask why he's there. So he was uh, he was at the home. He he killed his family um, during the night of the 24th. Um, Cody ended his shift at like 9.15 at the hospital and came home. So he was by probably by like midnight-ish, the deed was done, right? So between midnight and then when he left the home at like at least by 10:51 the next day cuz that's when they first see him on the toll on the toll roads he was there i'm assuming he was at the residence during that time and he he got uh, a hotel reservation on the 25th but he wasn't he didn't check in till like almost 3 so i don't know if he was just driving around or if he was at the home and he couldn't take it anymore and he decided okay i got to get out of here uh, but yeah, he didn't go very far. He went, like, if you look at the map, he's only like 30 minutes away from his home, which to me, if you just murdered your entire family, I'd be leaving the state. I don't know why you're staying right there. It's kind of weird, but, um, they do, a deputy locates his vehicle at a double tree in Orlando on the 26th. So this is now two days after the murders while they're there. Um, conveniently, he just exits the, uh, his room so they don't even have to worry about that whole side of getting him out and everything they talk to him um they tell him kind of why they're there and he agrees to to go in for questioning so he voluntarily goes to the sheriff's office um when he's speaking to investigators his first initial claim is that he got into his argument the argument with his dad about um the bulgarian and he gets kicked out and his story is so dumb. He says that he, like, meets Cody on the side of the road. Like, he packed his shit, he got in his car, he drove down the road, he meets Cody. And Cody says, well, I'm going to go take care of that for you and blah, blah, blah. And they separate and then he never sees Cody or his family again because he just left, right? That's his first bullshit lie. Um, and all of these, he's trying to make Cody look like the person that committed this murder-suicide. Then he retracts his statement, um, and he 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 just goes back and forth on like they they're 
pressing him as to why um why when you went back to the house and you saw something was wrong why didn't you call law enforcement or law enforcement or why you know it's not a normal reaction to just turn around back and leave and he just kept giving them bullshit after bullshit but he never owned up to it and he always every lie was well cody did it basically and the autopsy would show that um cody the way that the he was shot it would be impossible for him to have done it to himself so they obviously knew that grant had done this at one point he says he he went back to the house on the 25th and he noticed that the the road had been blocked with um law enforcement ambulance media and he goes he says he goes to a panera bread to look up the top news stories and sees that and they're like well why didn't you go home your whole family's dead and he's like i just didn't want to know like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up he's such a little child i think you're muted damn it every show now i have that happening even one time uh the panera bread aspect of it makes it just seem more contemptible and i don't know why because it's like they have delicious bread bowls of soup but it's just imagining this guy sitting there eating like his cheddar broccoli, uh, Googling top news stories while he fucking just killed his family. Just fucking makes me angry. That cheddar broccoli is yum. It is tight. Tight cheddar. Tight cheddar broccoli. Tight cheddar broccoli was my nickname in high school. Ew! <laughs> I so. hate that. <laughs> Sometimes I said Kendra weird memes. And she'll just respond with, I hate that. With a period, no emojis or anything. I know it's not, it's not, I hate that LOL. It's like, I hate that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want cheddar broccoli soup. Shit is scrumptious. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that shit is scrumptious. <laughs> so basically, um, they, they, break it down for cody like look dude we know like this is you did this right all of your bullshit excuses they make no sense like we're professionals and you are a dumb 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 idiot and this you're dumb and they ask him if he had any remorse basically for what happened to his family and his response was like well they blame me for everything that was going bad in their life so i might as well get blamed for this too he was the reason everything was going bad. Yeah, maybe they were blaming you because you're doing dumb shit and you're ruining everything because you are. You are the one to blame. You're the only one that's causing these problems. So You know, we're we're appalled about it, Kendra, but like this is classic criminal thinking. This is like the definition of criminal thinking. It's like you get yourself into these situations and you see yourself as the victim. You see yourself as totally, you know, not integral into anything that's going on like i've mentioned this story before but like when i worked in a prison like i heard a guy say once the only reason he was in prison was because he knew a guy that tried to get himself murdered and it's just like that's so dissociated away from like you attempted to murder someone they literally never believe that it's their fault it's it's so frustrating because you'll try to explain to them like dude you did this and it's, and then it's just like well i only did that because somebody else did it's like it's like you wouldn't believe it, but it's just, it's narcissism uh, completely unchained. And that's exactly what this guy is. If he thinks that yeah. he can, if he can steal credit cards, if he can like steal personal possessions, 
and pawn these things and send money to this fucking cam girl and, and waste his family and feel no nothing about it at all because it's all their fault it's uh it's just the most one of the most extreme examples of criminal thinking i've ever seen just that nothing nothing is his fault at all um so what happens to him is that um he went to panera bread they uh his brother came in during the interrogation the one brother who remained unslain because like he wouldn't admit to anything because that's the criminal thinking right it's just not his fault the brother comes in the brother's pleading with him like i need to know what happened you know like you know at least if i had been home i'd probably be dead too but at least i'd know like i need closure what happened to my family what our family loved you and i won't love you any less just tell me the truth he still wouldn't fucking crack because of course he would have killed this his other brother if it meant that he could have taken his credit cards and uh continued to support himself but his other brother had launched from the house so he wasn't part of this internal financial toxic family dynamic of protecting and enabling and enabling infantilizing and enabling grant so you know despite the fact that he's a family annihilator uh he's got an eighth amendment right to reasonable bond i guess so they set him at three quarters of a million dollars he's got a public defender uh, I have no idea how he posted this pawn. You know, how the hell did he, how could he even afford that? I assume that I would assume anyone giving him money, you know, would go directly to Sylvie, but um, yeah. of course he, he wouldn't be able to enjoy Sylvie from inside jail. But uh, so there was the conditions that he was, he was, uh, he had electronic monitoring. He wasn't allowed to use the internet. Uh, he, so he didn't, he, he remained in custody, but during the trial, uh, he eventually gets out for a little bit and i don't know if you want to tell that part of it too you tell that because i'm not really familiar with oh <laughs> well, well at one point at one point during it uh during this investigation i i think at one point they had they had reset his bond or something there was uh there was a time he was able to be out during some penal some part of it um and i could be wrong on this but all i remember is is that uh he has during at some point of the trial while it's still going on he's out and he goes and uses some wi-fi to immediately contact sylvie and he's talking with her about how they're going to have a life together once all this jail time stuff is over with and behind them and they're going to be together and it's just like dude you fucking killed three people premeditated why do you think that you're going to have post jail time life with sylvie i just don't get it at all so He's so he, totally delusional. And and when you watch the trial, because cameras were in there at one point, at one point, this is such a great move by the prosecutor, but the prosecutor has the jury in there with him. And they're like, this is what it's all about. It's about Sylvie. And like they put up just footage of Sylvie of her like leaning over and squeezing her breasts together and like pulling up her nylons over her thighs. And he just like starts drooling. He just goes, Ew. you know, right, right in front of everybody. And so the whole jury could see him just like, you know trance over at the sight of sylvie and so even when he's on trial for his life you know prison you know i, I guess the death penalty wasn't on the table yeah. um even even in front of these 12 people in a whole courtroom he's completely captivated because it's feeding his addiction right there like the presentation of the evidence you know it's almost like if he was in the, if he if, if it was a drug case and the, and uh the prosecutor walks over like yeah this is the brick of cocaine he brought into this country it's the same thing as walking over and doing a line right there, uh, right in front of the jury. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's how bad he was addicted and how little he cared about anybody else. 
Um, so, I mean, it was disgusting to watch. I'm trying to think of what show that was where they had uh, an episode about him. I I wish I had that handy right now, but it was something I was I was just watching like last week. And it was truly disgusting to see that. That's horrible. If you figure it out, let me know because I'll um. You'll post it. Post it, yeah. I'll I'll like look I'll like look up my own like streaming history. You know, if it's not yeah. Fargo or Reacher, it was this show. So. <laughs> um, he was he was sentenced to three, like you said, to three life without parole because the the death penalty was um, denied by a jury, like the. The uh, the I'm blanking on the on the term for it, but basically, you they vote whether or not they could. It's on the table essentially at that point. Yeah, they they vote to impose it, and if it's not unanimous, it just defaults to a life sentence. Yes, and um, Cody is still in prison. So Grant is, yeah, Cody's dead. <laughs> yes, thank you, Grant. Is Cody is still in the prison of death because you don't you do not get paroled from that. So that's true. <laughs> sorry i hate to get philosophical (laughs) on you so they found him guilty in all three counts first degree murder life sentence breach i don't know how you don't get the death penalty for first degree murder they when they asked him if he had remorse like i said like they i've just been they've been blaming me for months running their lives so i'm as we blame for this too that was kind of the last note on him and so i have to wonder just what is he now right has it finally set in that there's no more sylvie that there's no more internet there's no more tokens there's no more masturbating till four in the morning there's no more stealing credit cards there's no more feeding your addiction is he what you know what kendra i guess i want you to take a stand was it just narcissism or was it just the addiction or like if you had to pick one what is it that made him feel that way because because if it's just narcissism he still doesn't get it and if it was the addiction now that he's been broken of this you know now for five years like do you think he's finally figured out like dude i wasted my family for no reason I think my personal take is that he probably had a little narcissistic tendency prior to, and um, narcissists tend to have a addictive side of their personality. So I think it goes a little hand in hand um, because there are, there are addicts who don't do things like this, not even as extreme as murder, but like there are addicts that do respect their families and they don't involve their families in their own bullshit. So to me, um, I'm not an expert on addiction. I've never been addicted. I, I know people who are addicted to things, but um, there is still some sort of level of self-accountability if you're not a complete shit person, even if you are an addict, right? So, like, just because someone's an addict doesn't mean they're automatically going to just do things like this. So, I think that it's a little bit of both. And he probably will constantly live in some sort of delusion that he's going to get out and see sylvie again i don't think he'll ever take responsibility for any of it it's fucking sad so i feel bad for that family in a sense but i also am mad that they enabled him i mean if he's 30 years old and he's he's uh taking out a more he's using your house as collateral for a huge loan and it just keeps going on and on and on and he never fucking figures it out and he's using the the mom's phone even after the california pizza kitchen intervention they just enabled them enabled them i'm saying it again folks uh but it's, it's because he never had consequences and if you love your kids 
whether they're 13 or 30, they've got to have consequences. They, they've got to realize it. And eventually it got to the point where it was too late, where the consequences meant to overcome those consequences because he could not live with them, that he killed for them. He killed to stop those consequences. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. You summed that up very well. I always do. <laughs> oh, boy, that's the uh, that was heavy. That was like the emotional roller coaster case. i got mad about this one it's fun to see me getting mad again i love to see it i'd like to see you get mad <laughs> i know that you love to see me get mad <laughs> i didn't steal your thunder though this week did i no i don't think you could steal my thunder no you're right people do come <laughs> here for kendra um I, I do love it when you get on a rant, though, like particularly when you hate other podcasters, um, just some of your best rants, you know, uh, when you get mad at them. I just wish I could bottle up that full uh, auto Kendra. Uh, I think it's great. Do you, do you think that um, we could activate that switch? I tried to when I said, like, do you think it's narcissism or or just addiction? I wanted you to be like, you know what, John? Fuck you. It's both. You know, like I really. <laughs> I really hoped that you were like, don't force me into a false dilemma. <laughs> Life's not mutually exclusive. I could have it both ways. <laughs> like, I was really hoping you would go off on me, but it didn't happen. Well, do you have something up your sleeve for me so that I can get mad? All of your beliefs are a joke to me. Okay. I have nothing. No, because I don't like you being... I mean, I no. like to see you passionate, I guess, is how I should have phrased it. I thought we had a podcast, Stupidest Takes. Uh, oh, I'll play it. I kind of ruined it. Uh, I kind of ruined it because, like, I, I started just telling what the podcast Stupidest Take was. And I'm sorry I didn't pick up on it. If you want to be mad that I don't pick up on your subtleties. I did it, like, three times that. now. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, play the clip. Here, you know what I'll do to help uh, with the clip? even though a lot of people are just listening to this, so like they get no benefit from this whatsoever. I created this little thing at the bottom where if you look at the bottom of the screen, it says other podcasts do, but it takes. And so now I'm going to play the, from this uh, podcast that uh, I don't like, but I, this is their take. And then I'll explain why I hate it. It's not that they're wrong here. It's just. And go to jail. That breaks my heart. That's, and I'm looking at pictures of this family and I'm just like, oh, right. And that's like love, like yeah. the love that he had for his son. Like, that's the thing. It's like, that's straight up just loving your kid yeah. unconditionally, just wanting to. Sh and I know they're like probably shielding a lot. And it's mm -hmm. like, but you just want to. You want yeah, to shield them baby. from any harm. Even if they're the ones doing harm, you want to shield them. I mean, we've even seen it in our own family. Of with course. People, and I've yeah. seen it in other people's families. Mm -hmm. Like, it's family. So sad. You know, and he was the youngest too. So I feel like that plays such a role. Like oh. it's your, it's actually oh, your yeah. baby. That's definitely part of it. And that's the thing. As far as everybody could tell, the Amato family was going to incredible lengths and some people's yeah. opinions, maybe even too far. Of course. To shield Grant from the consequences of his actions. Oh. But at the same time, they were also trying to create and enforce boundaries. But as we know, it's impossible in a situation yeah, like what this. So I like how their stupidest take is essentially what I've been rambling about for 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, they they skip past the infantilizing of him, and uh, the the enabling. Like they're just they're so impressed by how much they love him that they they're ignoring the fact that he brought so much shame to their family. And it's uh, yeah. I I, I think they I think these podcasters are just a little bit naive. So they've had way worse takes than this, you know. Yeah, I think I think naive is a good word because I'm not saying I don't know them and I don't know their lives, but um, 
it's it's such a different perspective when you deal with addicts and people like this when they aren't your family or your loved ones right because you can look at it objectively it's hard to when you are dealing with someone that you love i understand that so they could be coming from the perspective of a loved one who has an addict in their family or somebody who is doing these types of things i don't think they're looking at him like an addict um but that's he is one he's at least got the characteristics of one and I hate, I hate that, like, he's the baby. He's a 30-year-old fucking man. He's not a fucking baby. <laughs> it's so gross to me. I, 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 maybe it's like a woman thing and, and, um, women who are in here, please back me up on this because, <laughs> but there's something about, like, a mom and a son where the mother babies the son to the point where he becomes basically this that is so gross to me because that love is being displaced and it's 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 the grossest like god why are you doing that why are you that is oh maybe it's because i'm a woman so it's like an ick you know like when i see guys who are babied by their mothers at like 30 years old it really oh it's just bad and it's not good for the it's not good for him because you know that's how she treated him his whole life um there and there's a line i'm not saying you shouldn't love on your kids and little boys need nurturing and, and all and i understand that but yeah but that comes to an end and age 29 yes at age 29 yes yes on the eve of your 30th birthday, your mother has to, like, punch you in the throat and spit on you while you're on the floor and just kick you, <laughs> kick you with her boot. Full Kendra treatment. <laughs> you're out of the house, son. So something that was interesting, or I should have maybe made this as stupid as podcast take, but at one point she mispronounces the word sedative as sedative. And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this. I was thinking, uh, what would you think, Kendra, if I, instead of doing this kind of like uh, off the cuff, the way that we do things, why don't I write next week's episode of True Crime and uh, you and I can just read it? Because that's apparently how some of the most well-monetized podcasts do it. The most the most uh, funniest, goodest podcasts out there were the ones with the best dynamic. They're totally fucking scripted. So why don't we there are a lot of most podcasts are scripted um and i understand like with true crime it's easy to because it, there's so many like facts and dates and little tidbits of information like just so you guys know when we research stuff like for nobody asked me but i'm gonna tell you anyway when i research i read i listen i watch whatever i'm gonna do whatever information i take in and I absorb it and then I rewatch it or I go read an article and I write everything. As Kendra notes. works hard for you. She got them and, granny notes. Well, I am I don't want to read off this. So what I do is I just I think about it, I write it in my own words in a timeline, I fact check my own self, and then I think about it for a day. And then I just say what information is which is probably why sometimes i'm like uh and uh because i'm not and then he went to the panera bread and ha ha good good bread ha <laughs> because i want this to feel like you and i are just having a conversation and everybody's 
So you're using the power of mental thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm using my brain. It's weird. <laughs> and then I show up and then I'm here and then, you know, it's still sloshing around up there. You know, I can hear it. Yeah. Folks, if you don't like our dynamic, why are you here? It's we're well, an hour and a half in. <laughs> well, easy there. Like, we don't <laughs> we want, want you to do that. We want your filthy views. We want your filthy clicks. You know, like we don't you don't have to like us, but you do have to click like and subscribe on YouTube. We're basically, Sylvie without the money and the boobs and the sex. Yes, essentially, <laughs> Sylvie though, folks. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit like and subscribe and send me a six hundred dollar super chat. I sure would appreciate that. I would appreciate the fuck out of that. Uh, if you're listening uh, to a podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or elsewhere, we appreciate it. You getting to this point and congratulations. Uh, thank you for getting to the end. Uh, but make sure you leave a five star rating and review. We appreciate that. That helps us climb on the charts. If you like any of the shows, uh, do leave a five star rating and review. If you don't want to watch on YouTube, you can also check us out on Rumble. Uh, that's another place to find us if you don't want to be uh, over on Google's Insta algorithm anywhere. Uh, like I said, uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify. It's a good way to do it. Uh, it's a whole whole family of podcasts. You know, we got Uncle Tansy and Grandpa Jay, you know, or I don't know, oh. little 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 cousin Dadleg. <laughs> um, Sunday nights is uh, conspiracies. Mondays comedies, true crime. Wednesday news. Thursday sports. Friday police case case breakdowns. We appreciate everybody's watching. Failure to stop. We love you all. We'll see you back here next week for another edition of True Crime Tuesday. As always, whatever, man. And if you give us $600, you'll get two hours each to talk to us. Honestly, if you send me $600, I'll fucking call you on the phone. I don't know what it's going to be about, <laughs> but I will fucking call you. I'll bake you a lasagna and mail it to you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like advise you to not be addicted to me because like, of all the things that you could be addicted to, like at least Kendra, you know? No, don't do that. <laughs> Follow me at uh, at difficult to look at pictures. I'll be posting her personal phone number and address later, so that uh, Kendra, don't you want six hundred dollars? I mean, I'll be doing the same thing on mine at uh, true crime underscore drama on Instagram. And um, yeah, seriously, if you give us six hundred dollars, I'll talk to you for two hours. Are we? Did we just whore ourselves? <laughs> Whatever. Hey, whatever, man. Don't get yourself true crimed. Yeah.